0: went into a store with his mother and the, the clerk decided to hand him a jar of, of, of suckers and say, hey, grab a handful. And reluctantly, the boy didn't take it. So the, the shopkeeper decided to reach in, grab him some suckers and give him some candy. And they went outside and his mom was like, what's wrong? Why is all of a sudden you're so shy about taking candy when we're in the store? Why don't you reach your hand and get a handful like he asked you? He said, Mom, his hands are bigger than mine. (laughs) It's pretty smart, isn't it? We stop and we think about the blessings that God gives us, and he wants to. He wants to give us more and more and more. And oftentimes I don't think we really truly understand the blessings we have because of the benefits that God has given us blessed us and wants to bless us each and every day, but I believe there are some times that we truly don't understand these benefits that God gives us. We get so fixated maybe on the blessings themselves, and we don't stop about and think about the one who gives us those blessings. Blessings can come and go, stand and know it is that God or or the one that is blessing us. Oftentimes, I don't think we, we thank God. We, we don't go to God and, and offer up the, the thanks that we should for the blessings that He has given us. This morning, as we're looking here in the book of 2 Kings chapter number 4, there's an account that we find. Elisha, Elisha again, was ministering to the needs of this widow that we find here. So we're in 2 Kings chapter number 4. We'll begin reading a verse number 1. So and now... There cried a certain woman of the wives of a person, of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, thy husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and that the creditor is come to take upon, taken to him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in this house? And she said, Thine handmaid, Hath not anything in the house, save a pot of oil? Then he said, Go, borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, empty vessels, borrow not a few. When thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all the vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him, and shut the door upon her, and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured out and it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her sons bring me yet a vessel and he said unto her there is not a vessel more and the oil stayed then she came and told the man of god and he said go sell the oil and pay thy debt and live thou and thy children of the rest this morning we find there are four steps To the benefits of God's blessings. Four steps that we find in this account that will give us the benefit of God's blessings. Let's have a word of prayer as we get started in the message this morning. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity we have to to come this morning to be able to worship you. Lord, I pray that the songs that we sang were encouraging. Lord, that the the time of testimony, the time of praise and prayer requests. Lord, again, that was helpful to our, our congregation here but Lord, as we come to the time of preaching, Lord, as we've opened up your word, we've read your, your scriptures this morning, Lord, I pray that this would be an even greater encouragement to those that are here. Lord, I pray that you'd help us understand what it is we need to do. Lord, uh, help us to learn from this account we find in scripture. And Lord, I pray that your will will be done. Pray you'll have free reign in this place this morning. We thank you, we love you, and we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So again, there's a lot of things that we can look at this morning from this account. But there's an old saying that goes, Beg, borrow, or steal, do whatever it's necessary to get what you want. And that's exactly what we find in this account here, except for the steal part. Uh, she did exactly that because she had a need. There was something that was going on in her life that she needed help with. What was it that she was going to do? How was it that she was going to overcome? We find is that she begged God. Number one is she begged. Go back and you read verses 1 and 2. Again, she had gone to the man of God. She had sought out Elisha the prophet and asked him, what do I do to meet this need? What is is it that I need to do to to be able to help me in this time of need? This widow asked the prophet, how can I survive and make a living? It's not like I've got a retirement fund. It's not like that I can draw money out of social security or whatever. Uh, She had a need in her life. Judging by our comments, we could also look that maybe the boys were a little bit younger, maybe they weren't able to work, but they were going to be taken as payment for her debt. When was the last time you went before God asking or even begging him to bless you? I think a lot of times we don't think about that. We may not go to God, we may not ask God for his blessings. We've got certain things. Sure, Lord help him with this and help with that or whatever the case. But when was the last time you actually begged God to bless you? Would you look back at James chapter number 4. James chapter number 4. a couple verses back here I want you to look at and see this morning. James chapter number 4. Look at verses 2 and 3 with me. James chapter 4, verse number 2 says, Ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it on your lusts. The first part of this verse points out the largest problem that people have today. They're asking for the wrong reasons. Here in James chapter 4, verse number 3, it mentions that they consume it on their lusts. And I think a lot of times that's our problems. One thing to remember is when we're asking for something, we're to ask with the right heart, the right motives. It seems that society is so engrossed with this mentality of, I want, I want, I want, that they don't allow themselves to accept what God gives them. Because it's not what so-and-so's got. It's not what my neighbor has. It's not what this person has. I want what they've got. And so many times we focus on that. We want more. We want the latest and greatest, whatever that may be. We want what others have. We become so overwhelmed with this desire that it becomes covetousness, which is sin. And this problem has been around since the beginning of time. Go back and think about the Ten Commandments. Back in this chapter 20, verse number 17 says, Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, or his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, or anything of thy neighbor's not to covet what our neighbors have again that idea is covetousness is an overwhelming desire that that's all you can do that's all you can think about that's all that controls your life and we see that more and more in society today because we're so focused on what everybody else has instead of what God has given us there are many cry out to God asking for things that they shouldn't Lord, I want a new car. Lord, I want a new house. Lord, I want this. I want that. I, I want my, 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 my social status to be increased. When those are the wrong things we need to be looking at and asking for. Luke chapter 12 and verse number 15 says, And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not of the abundance of the things which he possesseth. It's not about he who has the most toys wins. That's not the idea, but yet that's what society has come to. And too many times, those in the church house are being pulled in that same direction. Some people ask God for things that they may consume it on their lust, and others ask contrary to God's will. This is where it gets difficult. We pray and ask God for specific things, nothing outrageous, but God says no. That can be a hard pill to swallow. We must remember that everything God does is perfect. We must remember that He is in control. He knows what's going on. He knows what we truly have need of right now. Maybe it's something that will pull our attention away from God and the direction we need to be. Maybe it's something that is behind the scenes we don't know about. Maybe there's something else that's going on that we don't even know. But God knows and He's protecting us from that. There's a lot of times that we don't see God's hand moving in a variety of things. And yet, if we would be obedient, the Lord would bless us far beyond what we could ever imagine. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 14 says, And this is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. Now this is where the problem lies. There's a lot of preachers today that say, Oh, all you got to do is have faith and pray. That's not what the Bible says. We've got to pray in accordance to His will. What He wants. And the Lord will hear our prayer and answer it. This verse is very specific in that idea of understanding it's God's will, not ours. We ask things that we consume it on our lust, or that may be contrary to God's will. But whatever it is we're to ask, we're to make sure that God gets the credit. Back in James chapter 4, verse number 2, it says, Ye have not, become." Ye ask not. God wants to bless us. He wants to provide for us. But one thing that He is waiting for us to do is to simply ask. And you may be thinking and, and wondering, why is it that God wants me to ask? What's the whole point of waiting and wanting to hear me ask for something? When we ask for something, we are recognizing that we have no control over the situation. We cannot provide whatever it is we're asking for. Therefore, we must rely on someone else to provide it. it. allows God to get the credit as He should. Because if we could take care of it, if we could handle it, then we would say, hey, look what I've done. Look at me and pat ourselves on the back. Or tell somebody to say, see what I've done? We may not be that boastful about it, but that's what it boils down to. But if we have to ask, then God can get the credit. First Corinthians 10.31 says, whatsoever ye do, all to the glory of God. Everything we're to do, everything we're to say, our whole lives should be about the glory of God. But does it reflect our lives in that way? This unnamed woman in 2 Kings chapter number 4 knew she needed to go to God for help. She begged God for a response. And that response was simply this. Number two is to borrow. She was to beg But she also was to borrow, back in verse number 3 of our text. Then he said, go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. I would imagine this woman would have been surprised by the answer given to her by Elisha, wouldn't you? I mean, his reply was, go and borrow. And I would have been, what? You want me to do what? What? borrow what am i to borrow why do i need to borrow something i've got some in the house what, what's the big deal go and borrow and borrow not a few again elijah specific instructions that were to follow first of all he said go the idea uh, gives us that the understanding of god is the idea of going gives us the understanding that god is not going to bless us while we just sit back and wait We need to be busy doing what God has called us to do. There's a lot of people this morning that just sit back and say, well, I'm waiting for God to bless me. And they're not doing what God has called them to do. God has called each and every one of us to do some things. We all have a command to do. We are to witness. That is the number one thing. Each believer is called to be that living God. We are to be the light in this dark world. God has called us to be this light in this community. We are to be missionaries in Oswatomie and in the Paola area because this is where God has placed us. So we're to be that light. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. As a reminder, every time we walk in this sanctuary, we have it behind us. We're to go. Go ye into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be full. As Luke chapter 14 verse 23 says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, as the Great Commission again commands to do. So again, we're to go out. Every Tuesday night at 6 30, we go out and we give out that gospel message, and I invite anyone to come and be a part of that. You say, Well, I may not be able to do that. Do it when you can. You've got people, you've got friends, you've got families that you are in contact with continually. Give them a track. Hand them an invitation. Invite them to come to church. Whenever you have lunch and you've got that receipt, you've got a sign, put a track in it and leave it on the table. When you go out to lunch, put a track on a table. Put a track on a car. Put the tracks in the bathroom. People have got to go there too, don't they? Give them something to read. Put them everywhere. Again, we're to give them a message. That's what we are commanded to do. We're to be that witness for him. There's a hundred different ways we can give that gospel message. But they do no good if we don't go and give it. So not only are we called to be a witness, we're called to work as well. God has given each one of us a, a gift, a talent of some type. And we're to use that to glorify God, to work in his church. Church. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse number 10, it says, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Some have the ability to work with children. And they work with a variety of, uh, of ministries we have here in our church. And I'm thankful for that. There are some that can play instruments. There are some that can sing. And hopefully you're using them. There are some that... Uh, can organize things or plan things or some that can just be a faithful fill-in. Whatever it is that God has given you the ability to do, you need to use it for the glory of God. Whatever we have needs to be used for Him. There's nothing worse than a wasted gift that God has given us. God has given you something, you need to use it for Him. Going is vitally important to be what God wants us to be. But notice second, Elijah said to get. What's the point of going if we don't get anything? He didn't say, I want you to go and look at everyone's vessels. He didn't say, I want you to go and and analyze the vessels that other people have. He didn't say, I want you to compare them. I didn't want you to calculate them. I don't want anything. I want you to go and get them. There has some that have the idea that, well, that's somebody else's job to go and get. Or I don't have the right instructions or the ability to do that. One evangelist said, I'm just one beggar trying to tell another beggar where to get bread. That's all we're here to do. We're to share that message with others so others can get saved, so others can understand the the wonderful grace of God that we so freely enjoy. But uh, that we cannot save anyone. It's not our job to do that. That's the Holy Spirit's job. But it is out the word does sow that seed so that they can understand what salvation is about so they can be drawn in and they can enjoy that but let me ask you this when you go out and you hand out that invitation that track do you do it with the expectation that somebody would actually come to church do you invite people and say well I know you're not going to come but I'm going to invite you anyway I'm afraid that's what a lot of people's mentality have. They may say, well, hey, I've got this track. It's great. It's wonderful. It's the good news. It's how I got saved. And here, even though you're not going to read it, you'll probably throw it in the trash, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. We may not say that, but sometimes that's our attitude. That's our mentality on the inside. And we know God sees the heart of man, He knows our intentions. But do we do it with the right heart, the right attitude? Do we give out prayer, Lord, save this individual? Lord, if they're not saved, will they take this and read it? Do we hand the invitation expecting them to come? We need to do that. We need to have that mentality, that idea of of hoping that they're coming. That expectation of good, that they will come, that they will accept Christ. Do we pray expecting to see visitors on Sunday morning? Do we pray expecting to see others come throughout the week or throughout other services that we have? That's what we need to do. In our text, Elisha says, go. And he said, get. But he didn't say, just get a couple. He said, get a generous amount. This has the idea of faith. Get all the vessels that you can from as many people as possible. Borrow not a few, that verse said. Elisha wanted this woman to have faith in God. And that he can do the impossible. Is this our mentality? When thinking about our Lord, that he can do the impossible. When we come to church, what is our ideas and thought? What do we expect to get out of church this morning? Do we have that unshakable faith of trusting in God and God alone? You know, I think sometimes we pray, Lord, I have a need this morning and, and I'm coming to you. I'm coming to church and I'm looking for that need. And we come to church and we look for anything but God. We have a need that needs to be worked out and we give it to God and say, Lord, here's the problem I need you to take care of it and work it out. And then we turn right around and pick it back up and figure out how we can fix it. We don't trust God. We don't look to Him to provide what it is we're asking for. We're looking at doing it ourselves. Elisha said, borrow not a few. In other words, get as many as you can. She had no idea why she needed these vessels she was going to trust God. James chapter 1 of verse 6 says, But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave on the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. How often do we put our complete trust in God? How many times do we come to God, ask for things, and then try to do it ourselves? We lack the faith to trust in God. Whatever it is we are seeking. We see this woman begged, this woman borrowed, but next we find that she believed. Look with me at verse number 5 again. Verse number 5 says, So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. We see this woman did as she was about to do. She and her sons borrowed as many vessels as they could. They went inside the house and closed the door. How would we have responded to this situation? Would it have been maybe an attitude of doubt? Would there be some questions in our minds? Well, I guess we have a couple of pots somewhere, kids. Uh, Just go grab those and bring them here. That should be enough. That's all we need. Maybe your sons may have asked the question, why, as many kids are prone to do. And she could have said, well, you know, I, I don't know, just, just go grab them. Our attitude tells us a lot about how we think about the situation we're in. There are some who come to church reluctantly and they put a fake smile on their face and say, oh, it's good to see you and oh, I'm happy to be here. And there's others that have a complete different mentality. That they're excited that they have an opportunity to come to the house of God. That they can come and and see other worshipers, other believers as they are and be encouraged by them and by the Word. Why is that? Doubt in the one that we are supposed to be worshiping? Are we doubting the ability of the one that we supposedly put our trust and faith in? Are we lacking in faith and believing in the omnipotent, all powerful God? We again have to realize who this woman was. Her husband served the Lord faithfully. And I'm sure that he taught his family to do the same. So this was not someone who didn't know God. I would believe that this woman was not a doubter. But somebody of deep faith. We don't find in this account where she tried to reason with Elijah. Or even ask the question why. I would have asked why. Why should I get more? What, what is the vessel's? She didn't ask that question. We don't see where she reluctantly decided, well, okay, that's what he decided to do. Maybe I'll do that next week. Maybe I'll I'll do that next month. Or or that's a tomorrow thing. We don't see that either. She had a need. She went to the man of God and asked him to petition the Lord for an answer. She could have been asking the the creditors, hey, um, I know I owe you some money, but can you uh, give me a little bit more credit? Uh, maybe just give me some more time to pay it off. I promise I'll get it to you. Maybe she would have gone to Elisha and said, Hey, can you go down and fight for me? Can you go talk to him? See what they say. If, if you come, I mean, you're a prophet, so obviously they're going to respect you. Can you go down? You find nothing like that in Scripture. She did what she was told to do. Not only did this woman believe, but she showed her sons an example of faith, and they believed. Maybe she said, boys, come around. Look, I talked to the prophet, and he told me to do something. This is what we're going to do. We need to go get all the pots we can and bring them in. But God's going to do something great. God's going to work in our family. We've just got to learn to trust him. Now, boys, go. And the boys went, and they gathered all the different things. They didn't complain. They didn't question. They showed a sign of devotion to God. Maybe they went up, hey, uh, hi, how you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm Joe. I live next door. Can I borrow all the vessels you've got? Uh, God's going to do a great thing in our family. I, I know it is. Mom said so, and, and she talked to the prophet. That's what Elisha said. So can we borrow some, some pots? Uh, you got any, any flower pots? Got anything? Anything we can borrow? The Lord's going to do something great. Maybe they were excited about what was going to happen. How excited do we get when we know God is going to work in our life? Well, maybe he will. Maybe he won't. I don't know. It kind of seems how it is sometimes. Why don't we get excited about God working in our lives, doing a, a great thing for us? But again, they had that devotion to God. They were expecting to do something. If they doubted, they wouldn't have borrowed those vessels. If they didn't believe, they wouldn't have gone into the house and shut the doors. This is inaction. action. There are a lot of Christians this morning who are expecting God to do something great in their lives. But they're sitting back doing nothing. And even Jesus himself said, I must be about my father's business. There's something we need to be doing. We can't expect God to bless our lives if we're not willing to go and do what he calls us to do. Chapter 2 and verse 17 and 18 says, Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yeah, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. God expects us to have faith, but also to put that faith into action. Determined to have a faith to trust God, and faith to follow His directions. What happened because this family believed? What was it that happened next? We see number four, that they were blessed. They were blessed. Look at verses 6 and 7 with me. And it came to pass when the vessels were full, that she said unto her sons, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God. And he said, Go sell the oil and pay thy debt. And live thou and thy children of the rest. You picture a small one-room house with different pots, different vessels all around, as she began to fill one and fill another and fill another and fill another. Finally, she's like, boys, uh, hey, grab that over there. Bring me that. Okay, let's fill that one up. Hey, uh, take those flowers out of the pot. I don't need flowers. Bring that over here. Hey, hey, get the coffee pot. I'm not drinking coffee for the next month. Bring that pot over here. And as they continue to fill more and more, maybe they got excited. Maybe that's something we need. Let's go get some pots. Amen. Start filling them and let the Lord fill them. They got excited what was going on. Hey, uh, it's getting full. Hey, it's getting full. This thing's not going empty, but I'm filling this one and I'm filling that one and I'm filling that one. Hey, bring me more. (coughs) And her son, that's it. Excuse me. (coughs) He said, we don't have any more. That's all we've got. We filled everything we've got. Mom, I even grabbed the cup off the sink that I used to brush my teeth with. It's full. Everything's got oil in it. Again, it's an idea of faith. They couldn't go outside and grab more, they couldn't run down the street and buy more. They were to bring in everything they could. Having an idea of faith, putting it into action, and allowing God to bless them. This is the same faith that happened to Elijah in the widow. Elijah came to her and asked her to make him a cake to eat. She said, I've got enough meal, and enough oil, that I'm going to make a cake, and me and my son are going to eat it, and we're going to die. And he said, make me a cake first. And if you make me a cake first, the barrel of oil will not waste, and the cruise of oil will not fail. So she did. And God blessed her faith because she put it into action. And that whole time when the, the, the drought was there in the land, the widow Zarephath always had enough to make another cake. To provide for her, her son, and for Elijah. If you go back and you were to chapter 28, you would find where God proclaims the blessings and the curses if they would follow the Lord God in his direction. On and on we find throughout the word that God has given us a command. He's given us some direction. If we would simply obey, we would receive his blessings. But again, once this woman was done pouring out the oil, she returned to the man of God. Again, Scripture tells us that she went in, she shut the door, and I'm sure Elijah wasn't sitting outside watching what was going on. So she went and told him. Hey, Elisha, let me tell you what happened. I was obedient. I did exactly what you said. And man, the Lord blessed us. We've got all these pots of oil all over the place. I don't know what to do with them all. And what did he say to do? I want you to go and sell them. This was not so she had oil for the rest of her life. It was so that the Lord could bless her. Take that oil and sell it. Pay off your debt. And that would have been enough, wouldn't it? Pay off the debt, we'd have been good. But this is exceeding blessings that's beyond. Just paying off the debt. He said, take the rest of it and sell it and live off of it. Now, could you imagine if she would have said, grab those couple pots and that's all we've got. Maybe it would have been pay off the debt, but that would have been it. But because of her faith in God and his blessing, she was able to live off that oil. To continue to sell more and more. To take care of her and her family. What a wonderful thought and idea. If we would simply put our faith into action as well. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10 says. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. That there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven. And pour you out a blessing. That there should not be room enough to receive it. God says, prove me. Just try me. You be obedient and see what I'm going to do. And he's going to pour out the windows of heaven. Just again, give us blessing upon blessing. This is a perfect example of what we find with this widow. God gave her the instructions and she followed by faith. And now she has the blessings that are overflowing. The Lord could have filled even more, ble- more vessels if they would have brought them. This is why he said, bring not a few, but bring as many as you can. This morning, do you think about the benefits of God's blessings? Are you focused on the blessings, or do we get our eyes on the provider of those blessings? I think too often we think about what it is we have, and not the one that gives us the blessings. We need to stop and think about it. The benefits of God's blessings. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes.